Hello, and welcome to The Artist Pivot, a weekly conversation with artists about their current pivot, past pivots, and every pivot in between. I am your host, Ayana Major Bay, an actress who wants to educate, empower, and celebrate artists so they have no option but to thrive. On this episode, I am joined by performing artist and international wellness mentor and advocate, Caesar F. Barajas. Becoming a wellness mentor and advocate came to be as he still presently copes and manages his own diagnosed anxiety, depression, and post-traumatic stress, and found his calling as an educator and supporter to mental health awareness causes. As a trauma-sensitive certified yoga instructor, meditation teacher, and breathing techniques instructor, he specializes in mindful resiliency for trauma recovery and compassion fatigue, and has taught all over the world. He's served as a guest panelist and speaker at Rutgers and Fordham Universities, numerous corporate events, podcasts, and is an adjunct professor at Columbia University, teaching meditation and mindfulness for their Teachers College Summer Principals Academy. As a seven-year U.S. Navy veteran, he also works with the Veterans Yoga Project as an ambassador and master teacher, with experience supporting recovery and resilience of veterans, many of which experience post-traumatic stress, trauma-related challenges, and other mental health issues. He not only serves the veteran community, but active duty armed forces members, their spouses, and community at large. Caesar also provides group yoga, fitness and meditation classes, and personal coaching and advisement, both in person and online, to an international community of individuals via multiple apps and his website, www.thejourneywithcaesar.com. And in his spare time, Caesar is also an award-winning singer, dancer, actor, fight and dance choreographer, musical theater talent, and voiceover artist. We discuss how yoga and meditation is available to all pandemic or no pandemic, the agency for artists to learn that worthiness doesn't equate busyness, and how we must find a way with our art to stand up for ourselves, stand up against harassment of the Black and brown communities, and just be good humans. Here's our conversation. All right, y'all. So today, I am so excited. Rather, I should say over the moon Mm. that joining me I have Mr. Caesar F. Barajas. Caesar, hi, my friend. Hello, my lovely, beautiful human friend of mine, fellow performers, extraordinaire warrior of light and love and superhero. Ayana, you already know that that one time we talked last year and you were in the middle of season one, I said, please, if there's any room in your schedule, allow me to come and be a guest of yours. And so I am honored and happy and so humbled to be here with you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And you're welcome. You're so, so welcome. And thank you for accepting my invitation. And also, so I have stopped kind of asking the question, how are you? Because I feel that's Mm. such a loaded question right now. So my first question to you is, or actually this is a twofold question. Number one, how does your soul feel today? Mm. And also, what are your hydration levels like? Have you had enough water today? Soul today, current moment, present moment, because it's the only moment, is overjoyed and feeling so grateful. And I'm feeling connected and supported. And my Mm. soul is feeling loved. And there are hints of heartbreak and grief and sorrow. 
And I'm fully hydrated, so much so that I hope that I don't have to have to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of this because I'm so hydrated. (laughs) (laughs) Understood. Understood. I'm trying to get like you, Caesar. I'm trying to get like you because I have not had enough water today. I've had a cup of coffee and I think I've had half of a bottle of water. (laughs) I'm not doing well. Like I'm looking at my 32 ounce water bottle literally sitting right next to me right now. And I think I've had a fourth of it. So I got to get on your level. (laughs) Let's let's do better. Eight ounces ain't enough. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's not enough, but I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there will. today. I know you will. I know you will, Mama. If, if nothing else, Ayana is gonna give it to you yes. when she's ready. And when she's ready, world, watch out. Yes, that part. Thank you, Caesar. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm ex- I'm excited to have this Thank conversation. You. Oh, so where do I start? Oh boy, let's see. Where do we start? So, you know, the year that was 2020. Mm has forced us as artists to shift. And as artists, we do take voluntary pivots. You know, we've taken voluntary pivots before the year that was 2020. So I guess what I want to ask is, what what was, okay, what was your life like before the pandemic. Just give me a little bit of what it was like before the pandemic, and then we'll get into, you know, what 2020 did bring out of you. Sure. Prior to pandemic, so PP, prior pandemic, Mm -hmm. I was and am a professional performing artist based out of New York City, part of the exclusive New York City fitness family. So I was coaching. So in a typical week, I was on auditions and or booking, yes, direct booking for television, film, voiceover, musical theater, Broadway regional. And in the midst of handling all of that was coaching anywhere from 15 to 25 classes a week. And we're talking anywhere from yoga, meditation, strength and conditioning, hit TRX, boot camp, And in the midst of all of that, at the same time, I also can be found on a variety of multiple apps. So at any given point in time, I was in a recording studio working for audio-based fitness apps or in a production studio recording my own personal created line of fitness, yoga, and meditation classes called The Journey, which is where Mm -hmm. The Journey with Caesar came from. It's about the journey, not the destination. Shameless plug. (laughs) So it was... Prior pandemic, it was very busy. And my one of my agents calls me the Energizer Bunny. And I loved it. That was life. And then 2020 hit and everything in my world shut down. Mm-hmm. And so you talk about pivots. Ooh. And pivots in life are sometimes forced. Sometimes it's, you know what, I'm going to change the color of my hair or cut my hair. So then I have to pivot towards new headshots. Mm-hmm. But pivoting and adapting have been a part of what I've been doing in my own personal and professional life since I started professionally at 15 years old. But like 2020 and the world and God to say to me, we're going to slow you down in a way that you have never in your life ever mm-hmm. been slowed down. Because I've been working since I was 13, professional performer, dancing, mm-hmm. show, singing since 15. And it took my own sort of 
what I teach as a meditation practice, it took all of that plus my wonderful support system to keep me from tumbling in a, in a downward spiral that would ultimately have led to me hurting myself. So this forcing of a pivot was quite an eye-opening experience and very life-altering and life-changing. And I'm now in a position where I'm like, what's really important? But prior to pandemic, it was all of that. Oh, also, I'm a professor at Columbia University. So mm-hmm. it was like everything. I was just busy, 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 busy little mm-hmm. bit. Yes. Yes, you were so busy. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I was like, wait, you had time to do all that? <laughs> right. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that averaging of, you know, five to six hours of sleep was the norm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Wow. And so with that, you also had, you know, a couple of working on a couple of your own projects as well. So I know mm-hmm. that, you know, this. Earlier this year, you launched a subscription-based website, you know, with your guided meditations and coaching and consulting. And so did you have that idea before the pandemic? Because you were already doing so much, but because the pandemic forced you to slow down, like you said, like, sure. oh, the universe is like, I'm going to slow you down, <laughs> and whether you like it or not. <laughs> Um, and so did that idea come out of that or was that something you already kind of had in your vision? Uh, it was a part of a vision that was already pre-existing about three years. So okay. I've been very fortunate in that every single one of my employers, and as an artist, you already know, and you know this, and I know this, and you and I have between us 40 friends who are hustlers mm-hmm. and we grind And what I'm figuring out is that hustle and that grind, that's very abrasive. So what are we going to do to flow? So I don't ever want to describe myself as a hustler anymore Mm -hmm. because hustling is stone to stone. That's bone to bone when the cartilage is gone. And that's going to just bring about negative impacts and it's going to cause discomfort. Whereas a flow, whether it's the wind or the water, and here's the, the... the meditation teacher in me. Here's the Om Namaste. I'm going to keep slaying in me is going to come out. But mm-hmm. I got to a point where I was hustling and grinding so hard that I had multiple people who were part of my support systems that encouraged it. So mm-hmm. I've been very fortunate to work for employers whenever I would say to them, hey, I'm going to take the next three months off because I just booked a show at the Shakespeare Theater Company in DC, or I'm going to head over to the Walnut in Philly. Or I'm going overseas to do this international rendition of Urban Cowboy. And they've all said yes. So very lucky and supportive community. And when NeoU Fitness, which is an awesome fitness app, came to me three years ago, and I'm one of their founding coaches and trainers, they said, hey, we want to feature you. What is it that you want to bring forth to the table? Well, I'd already been teaching yoga. I've been coaching professionally for 15 years. I was like, let me create the journey officially. And that's Mm -hmm. where the journey with Caesar started three years ago. So because I had Neo U as an app to help share, it's all about the journey, not the destination. I was fine. And then pandemic hit and guess what? All of production stopped. Mm -hmm. Much like all of our theater work, all of Broadway shut down, most of television and film shut down. And please be mindful as you're listening to this, television and film really only within the last three or four months started to pick back up. So all of it shut down and I had 
a wonderful website developer and designer named Stephanie Cowan. Shout out to Stephanie Cowan, who also designed my logo and is my brand director. And she Mm -hmm. says, you need to get off of your lazy butt because she's been telling me for two years, Ayana, for two years, she's been like, yo, when is your site going to come up? Mm -hmm. And the pandemic shut us down and it gave us a chance over the course of the next eight or nine months to fully invest and focus so that we were able to launch the site. So the idea was born about three years ago. We didn't launch until this past December, 2020. Okay. And so there have been some highlights over 2020, but now I'm in a position where I can offer people this subscription-based website. And more importantly, it's a site people can turn to where I tell my story. And one of the things that features me as a great teacher and as a guide is I'm not your normal person. I never have been. Mm-hmm. I'm a hetero man, cisgender identifying, but I've been a professional dancer since I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. I am a veteran. I'm a tattooed, sleeved yogi who cried the last time I was at a bullfight in Mexico because I was like, oh my God, the bulls are dying. Mm-hmm. So there have been shifts and what. So I really want now just for people to realize that yoga, meditation, even if we're not in the midst of a pandemic is still available to anyone, everyone. You and I are two beautiful people of color and our lineages come from kings and queens. And so now we're part of a team that's helping to re-educate, hopefully to enlighten for the first time what it is to be a beautiful black Nubian queen in this country, what it's like to be a Latinx identifying male who comes from a lineage of machismo where we're taught as men not to share, to not to be emotionally available. And all of that can shift and be changed. And that's why I'm sitting here today interviewing with you to let people know that they too don't have to be stuck within the constraints of society or our heritage or our lineage and to then embrace our heritage and our lineage and who we are generationally and where we come from. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. I know. <laughs> that was a lot, but that was beautiful. I'm just like, oh, you could keep speaking, Caesar. <laughs> like, it, it, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. And there were, as you were speaking, I was like, oh, what about this? Oh, what about that? So I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna kind of, you know, try to try to stay focused. I have a, a couple of things I wanted to ask you. Sure. Um, but with that, with the helping of people to, you know, realize that they can be vulnerable and they can Mm -hmm. share their emotions, whether they're, you know, they identify as a man or a woman, you know, it's, it is something that I guess we we all need to work on, you know, Mm -hmm. especially communities of color. But I wanted to ask you actually about the veterans yoga project that you had started because you mentioned you were a veteran and then I was like, oh, and then you're talking about, you know, feelings. Oh, and then meditation. And there's so many things. Um, But yes, let's, let's talk about that for a moment, your veterans yoga project and why you started that. Sure. I would actually love to uh, lovingly correct you. I did not start the veterans yoga project. The veterans yoga project, no, you're welcome, was founded by a wonderful gentleman named Dr. Dan Libby back in 2010. So we're going Mm -hmm. on a decade plus of work. And Dr. Dan Libby is a clinical psychologist. And part of his thesis for his PhD involved the study of yoga and its positive effects on veterans, specifically Mm -hmm. veterans who are suffering from diagnosed post-traumatic stress, anxieties, Mm -hmm. and depression. 
And so we have, as veterans, and just as humans in general, so let me preface it by saying that, we as veterans and just people are all trauma survivors, Mm -hmm. whether it's what I call little T trauma or capital T trauma. It doesn't matter. So Dr. Dan Libby back in 2010 is proving, hey, the effects of yoga, the effects of breathing techniques being taught to veterans who are normally anxious and depressed and suffering from post-traumatic stress and having triggers is reducing pain in anywhere from 84 to 92% of the people who are embarking on this. And so we've grown from Northern California to now serving veterans and their communities and families and people in general in all 50 states, plus three different countries, including Northern Africa, all over Europe. So I came across the Veteran Yoga Project at a Wanderlust Festival in 2015. I met this beautiful young lady named Deborah Jeanette, whose son is a Marine Corps pilot. So here's who we call Mama Bear, lovingly. Mm -hmm. And she was hosting this little booth at a Wanderlust Festival in Brooklyn. And I walked by and I was like, I'm a veteran. I'm a yogi. What's the Veteran Yoga Project? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I met them in 2015 and took part in their additional teacher training in mindful resilience for trauma recovery that I finally understood the power of meditation, the power of breathing techniques and what they are used for. Now, be mindful. Mm-hmm. I've been in therapy, various forms, for 10 plus years. I have been a yoga teacher professionally since 2013. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until a couple years later in 2015 that it all just clicked because the way that it was explained came from a physiological standpoint. Oh, if I take a deep breath and I extend the exhale, then that's allowing the body's parasympathetic nervous system to then activate. So then that's starting the decompression. That's starting the calming effect. That's lowering the blood pressure. Wait a second. So it was finally explained to me in terms that I understood, not just, hey, do me a favor and sit in lotus pose on a mountain stroking your beard for the next 30 days and Mm -hmm. staring at the birds and the clouds as they go by, because that made no sense to me. Mm -hmm. I just described to you a few moments ago what my life is like. And my life has been that busy since I was 15 years old. Right. So you tell me to sit for 15 minutes? Heck no. All right. I ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> right. And right. now I'm in a position where I share with people, you don't need half an hour in mm-hmm. lotus pose. You don't mm-hmm. need to sit for two hours. I've done it. But even if you gave yourself 30 seconds, if you gave yourself one deep breath, and I'm going to invite you, Ayana, and everyone that's listening, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. take a single, huge, maybe one of the biggest longest, deepest breath you've taken yet today. And just simply inhale, filling the top of the lungs, feeling the chest rise, feeling the belly inflate, and then just let the air naturally come out. And that one conscious deep breath is meditation. That one conscious controlled deep breath, which is available to you 20 times a day, 150 times a day, is already putting your body in a physiological standpoint to better respond. So guess what? It was meditation, several deep breaths before I walked into that audition room. Mm -hmm. It was that breath that I would take as I handed my music to the pianist. Mm -hmm. And then I'd look over and say, I'm ready. And I would take several of those moments, but we don't often award ourselves that because we think that because our world moves at a thousand miles an hour, that we got to move at a thousand miles an hour. And guess what? 
life in the fast lane is exciting, yes, but life in the slow lane gives you a chance to actually see things. Yeah. Oh, that was beautiful. I love that. (laughs) I love that, Caesar. I love it. Thanks, Mama. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about that because you just brought that up about auditioning and... As artists, you know, no matter what medium you're in, you may have to either audition or submit your portfolio or, you know, call somebody to be like, hey, can I work on your project? Um, But our industry does live in the fast lane. Mm. And taking that time to specifically choose to be in the slow lane so that you observe and you see and you feel can be very hard for artist because we're trying to keep up with our industry and the fast lane that it's in. Mm -hmm. And so I would ask you, because eventually the industry will will return. Do we know when? No. Do we know what it's going to look like? Not really. Mm -hmm. But what advice would you give to other artists and creatives about you know, the way they should think about returning to the industry and maybe trying to keep in mind, maybe I should be in the slow lane. Maybe that means making boundaries and not accepting an audition Mm. in two days. You're like, "Mm, tell my agent, listen, if they can't give me a week, I'm not going to audition for them because they're going to have to respect my time. Mm -hmm. Or walking into the audition and and allowing yourself that breath first, then, okay, going to the piano okay, now I'm ready. Mm, That's a fantastic question. And there are a myriad of ways to answer this. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate because pandemic hit and then was immediately approached by a dear friend of mine named Molly Morse, who's one of the producers for Come From Away Mm -hmm. and Diana the Musical. And she says, hey, will you take part. First off, she says, do you have time? <laughs> uh, yeah, because I ain't got nothing going on mm-hmm. to take part in a virtual play, which was a super cool experience. And this was back in June. Because mm-hmm. at that time, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'd love to like a, a virtual play because, you know, we'll be back up and running you know, in a few months. Mm-hmm. At the time, you know, when we shut down in March, it was like, oh yeah, let's give everybody a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Little did we know. And then I was fortunate enough once production on television started again to book a couple of co-stars mm-hmm. on Pose, on FX, as well as FBI Most Wanted on CBS. So to my fellow artists, please, please, please give yourself the grace to understand that patience is what's going to be needed in this business long term. Mm-hmm. I get it. We all want and think we need now. I want that recurring starring role on a TV show. I need that Broadway credit. Mm-hmm. No, my beautiful friends, the only thing you need is water to drink, food to drink, a shelter over your head and some clothes on your back. That's all you really need. But it's taking and trying to get artists to understand that their worthiness doesn't equate busyness. Mm. So just because you've been given two days to throw this audition together. And let me tell you what I've had to do is I've auditioned quite a bit over the last nine months. And because Mm -hmm. I am by myself, isolation in my New York apartment, I don't have a reader. I don't Mm -hmm. have the 
blessing to walk into a studio or call up one of the homies. Mm -hmm. So what I would have to do is record my lines and then I'm figuring out how to play it back and adjusting those levels. So I'm essentially reading with myself Mm -hmm. and it's booked me a couple of shows, but to my artists, there are always going to be, and this is to your theme of pivoting, there are always going to be ways that you are going to have to shift. And that equates to the impermanence of life. The only constant is change. We've all heard it, but do we really soak it in? And so once we start to get back to work, let us then take, do we have the courage? And courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is us sitting there, standing there, terrified and doing what it is that we have to do. I still, to this day, 30 plus years of entertainment experience and terrified prior to a curtain rising, terrified prior to that first note playing, terrified before the director says, background, action, and Mm -hmm. action, terrified. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what we have to do is give ourselves the grace that we have been trusted to come in. We have been trusted to to enter a room. We have been trusted to be invited because every audition is still a performing opportunity. So it ain't about booking the job, please. Let's get that into our heads first and foremost. And then what can we do with that courage in our hearts to then stand up for our black and brown community, our Asian community? What can we do to help reduce the harassment Mm -hmm. that comes with people being in power? And we're talking on all fronts. So let us take the courage that is already genetically predisposed in us and still be an artist, but also know, like you said, hey, I don't have enough time to properly prepare this. I'm going to decline this this audition. I've mm-hmm. done it, but it also took me several years to learn that I don't have to panic or freak myself out because what good are you if you are freaking out? Right. Then you're not showing your best work. A prime example of this is I was living in Los Angeles. So prior to moving to New York, I was in LA mm-hmm. doing the same thing, just trying to make it big. My ex-wife and I at the time, my wife and I at the time moved there and I had booked... West Side Story at the Plummer Auditorium for the Fullerton Civic Light Opera. So I would leave, if anyone's familiar with Cali, Thousand Oaks, California, which is 101 North. I headed towards the beach and I was working for Trader Joe's from five in the morning until one in the afternoon. Leave Thousand Oaks, drive the two hours that it would take me to get to Long Beach for rehearsals. Mm -hmm. From Long Beach and rehearsals, we'd be done at 10, 1030. I would drive back to North Hollywood. Get about three hours of sleep and come back in. And then that's not even including if in between those commutes or in between these appointments, you have auditions. So you got to get out to casting in Santa Monica or even in New York. I'm in the middle of three classes. Hey, can one of my fellow coaches warm my class up because I have to go 16 blocks north to do this quick audition? Mm. So we got to a point where it's like, wait a minute. What good am I going to be if I'm running around ragged? What good am I going to be if I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off? And this is why I call all of my listeners soaring eagles. Because mm-hmm. we ain't got time to F with no, with no chickens. Chickens running around with their heads cut off don't even realize it. Right. Eagles right. soar. So, so do you want to be a chicken or do you want to be an eagle? Mm-hmm. And there are times in my life where I was the chicken. Right. And proudly so and still worked. But at what expense? It cost me... Anxiety, it at some points physically made me ill. Mm-hmm. And what we don't give ourselves as artists enough realization of is that if I say no, it's not the end of the world. 
one of my favorite professional stories. Uh, his name is Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed starred in Rogue One. So Riz, what most people don't realize, he's British born, is a prominent musician rapper. So he just starred in the Amazon Prime movie where he played the drummer that becomes hearing impaired. Okay. And so the story is, is that as he was auditioning for Rogue One, which is what put him on like a prominent map internationally, but Riz is like us. He's an artist. Mm-hmm. And he auditioned and casting the director failed to tell Riz, you know, you booked. So they already knew that they were going to use him. Mm-hmm. And he sent in audition tape after audition tape after audition tape. He had like eight different audition tapes. Oh. He was like, I, I, I want you to see that I can do this. And, you know, I want right. you to you know that you can count on me. So we have this tendency to want to please. Mm-hmm. And trust me, fellow artists, if they see in you what they need, it's evident from the moment you walk in the door. Yes. It's yes. evident in the confidence that you carry which introduces itself well before you ever open your mouth or sing that note. It's, can we be in a position to be a good human? Now I joke about this because with Riz Ahmed, he has said this in later interviews. If casting would have just told me (laughs) you booked, (laughs) I wouldn't have been as frantic, but that's what we do. We want to please. We're all artists and performers of some variation. And so that means that we are, whether we want to admit it or not, narcissistically and egocentrically driven. We want to be seen and we want to be heard and we want to please. Mm -hmm. But that first person that we need to please isn't casting or the director or that producer. It's, are you okay with what you just did? Yes. Did you walk out of that audition room and go, you know what? I gave a good read. So guess what? It's treat yourself time. It's time for a New York slice or I'm going over to get some Ben and Jerry's non-dairy ice cream, whatever it is that you do. But it's that. It ain't about the people that are sitting across the table. It's how satisfied are you with your work, but we're not taught that. This is a whole separate podcast interview. We're Mm -hmm. societally told we are raised as Americans on a system of reward versus punishment. If you do good, you will be rewarded. If you do bad, you are punished. And guess what? There is no good or bad. Mm-hmm. I am allowed in the same breath to feel tragic sorrow as well as triumph. And we're told you have to pick either or, and that is not true. So as artists, can we take ourselves and step away from what is good and bad and just give ourselves an opportunity to either constructively or destructively react to whatever this situation was? Uh, Caesar. Caesar, I can get really heady at times, so please. Uh, but I do. There is nothing to forgive you for. I I love that, and just as like right, there is there is no good and no bad. Meaning, no. you know, as artists, we're like, oh, that was terrible, or that was, you know, we do we punish ourselves. Mm-hmm. We either reward ourselves or we mm-hmm. punish ourselves instead of going. I was there. I was present. That felt great. Mm-hmm. I was pleased. And now I'm going to... At least know. I showed up. Yes. Regardless of how the song was butchered. Regardless of that. Mm-hmm. At least you showed up. 
Right. Period. Yes. Yes, you showed. And and even when you were talking about when, you know, when you do walk into the audition room, that confidence you bring and just the human that you bring into that room, people have already decided, oh, I want to work with that human. Oh, I want to be in their presence because I've had auditions that I have butchered. I mean, (laughs) embarrassed, Caesar. And still booked. And I still booked. Yes, ma'am. Yes. How in the world did that happen? Right. Because they know that Ayana's going to come in and she's going to be first and foremost a good human. Mm-hmm. Being a professional and being a talented professional, that's third or fourth on the desire list. Right. Is are we going to have someone who's mature and responsible and basically a good human, please? Yes. Yes. Because we all going to be stuck in these rehearsals for the next six weeks, and then we, if we're going on the road or we're about to start this show. I'm, you already know it. Listeners, you already know it. And don't nobody want to be around somebody that's negative. Yes. Period. Yes. So young artists, fellow artists, whether you've been in the game a minute or you've been in the game for 30 plus years like me, give yourself the opportunity to be a good human. That's, that's <laughs> Trust what it me, is, Caesar. Because <laughs> it yeah. works out. I remember walking into casting for Orange is the New Black, mm-hmm. booked. And then they decided production a week before we were to shoot. We're not going to go with muscular and tattooed. We're going to go with taller and heavy set. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay, nothing I can do about that. And guess what? They called me three weeks later to be a guest on Gotham because they were like, we just love you. So we want you to work somewhere. So I've got mm-hmm. this spot for the season finale of season four for Gotham. Would you be interested? Uh, yes. <laughs> you mean a direct book can occur because I was nice to someone? Yes. Yes, it can. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yes. And that's a whole other podcast on like audition etiquette and right. what to that's do and right. what not to do. What's a, right? Right. But yeah, just be, <laughs> a good, a whole... be a good person, please. Yes. Right. Please just, just be a good person, be a good human and yeah. everything else will unfold. You know, like a lotus flower. It will just all... Unfold. Yes. And don't forget, no lotus. I mean, no mud, no lotus. No, that is true. Friends, if there's no mud, this lotus does not sprout. So you have to get dirty. Mm-hmm. So please mm-hmm. don't come in thinking that you got to be as polished as this gem. No. I want to see the rough edges. I want to see the scratches. I want to see the scars. Right. That tells me that you have been through some things. And I think that that's what resonates with people when I start to guide. It's like I openly share my story because, yo, it's a miracle that I'm even here. Mm-hmm. Ayana, I was telling you prior to us recording, but like I've been in the room where things have happened. Like I know Lynn manuel personally. I was a part of this Hamilton pipeline and have been for the last seven years. Mm-hmm. I've also sat with J-Lo and Sarah Bareilles and Chris Brown as a performer, as this and that. Yes, every Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony winners that I worked with. But more importantly, is I remember when I was getting shot at, real life. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting in a jail cell and thinking, I don't have to do this. Like, mm-hmm. So we get to a place where we think the ultimate goal in life is the destination of a Broadway credit. But it's not always about that, my friends. And that's why the journey exists, is to remind you lovingly that it's about the journey that you're on, not the destination. And can you be a good human while you're on it? Because guess what? 2020 proved to us things in a heartbeat will be 
stripped away from you, yes. taken away. And we're not just talking like jobs. Mm-hmm. We're talking about people. So by show of hands, how many lost people over the last year? Right. You know. Right. And it's, it is about, I think, I think that 2020 and just this time in general, the pandemic and everything that's happening around the world and all of the racial injustice and all of the hate mm-hmm. that was, that has been here. That's the thing. It's all unfortunately always been here. It's never gone away. It was just swept under the rug and now the rug is being pulled up because we're tired of it. Mm-hmm. All of that has showed us that this is about the journey. And we do focus so much on the destination, but it's really about the journey and who can you connect with along the way? Who can you support along the way? Mm. Who can you love along the way? Who can you inspire along the way? And who can you, well, when we can touch again, who can you hug along the oh, way? Oh my goodness, yes. And it is all about the journey and your personal journey and your family journey, your community journey, mm-hmm. and who you are as a human mm. in said journey. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I want to piggyback if I can. Of course. Your, your win is my win. Yes, yes. Like when Ayana books a show, or I'm, I, it happens every week. I'm watching a movie or a TV show or reading the latest from Theater Mania or Broadway World, and I'm like, these are my friends. Yes. My friends get to do these things, and guess what? I get to proudly say, I know them. <laughs> yes, I love that moment. I'm it's, like, oh, I know that person. <laughs> it's Buddy from Elf. Yes, and he's yes. And he's talking about saying, I know him. I know him. That's what it is. Yes. And then when we're graced and lucky and have put in the work and the time that it takes, people will say the same thing about you. Mm-hmm. We talk about connecting and we talk about your win is my win. I remember at one point years ago, I had just started on like my choreography journey. And mm-hmm. again, I didn't grow up a technical dancer. I was doing shows at 15, but that's because I could pick up the choreo. Mm, okay. I didn't start technically dancing until I hit college and I was almost 21. Mm-hmm. But I remember being asked to choreograph the donkey show, which is uh, a 70s music version of Midsummer Night's Dream. 22 numbers. And I'm like, what am I going to do? But I said, yes. Mm -hmm. And what did I do? I sought the advice and seeked the insight of my friends that had already been established and in the game. And because we had connections, I was able to say, hey, I'm kind of freaking out as to how to plan this. So Mm -hmm. I took the advice. I took this particular nugget of wisdom and this insight. And so I tell people now who I am now as an educator as a nurturer, as a motivator, is all things that I've stolen from people mm-hmm. that I love and respect, happily stolen, by the way. Mm-hmm. So when, when Ayana wins, I get to say, yo, that's my girl. When I get situated with people who are outside of entertainment and not just in the corporate teaching, yoga, meditation world, but just in the world in general, you get to say to someone, these are my people. It's about establishing that tribe. Mm-hmm. It's about putting ourselves in a position to understand and really fully embrace you and what you vibrate within yourself is vibrational also in nature. 
and vice versa. What vibrates in nature around you is what vibrates inside of you. That what you think becomes your world. So do you want to surround yourself with people who are sucking the life out of you? Do you want to surround yourself with people who are maybe just a little too pessimistic or just want to focus too much on the news? Or do you want to surround yourself with people who are like-minded and want to stand for what is right so that we can start to help eradicate everything that was ever a part of your life that caused you to hurt yourself or to hurt others? Do we want to stand for what is on the right side of being human to help eradicate racial injustices, systematic injustices, judicial injustices? Mm-hmm. Are we going to help to prevent the overcrowding of our prison systems? Are we going to help and stand so that women that we know and love, we came from Mother Earth, we came from women, don't have to be subjected to misogynistic and objectifying treatments? Can we put ourselves in a position to understand that people of color in the theater community, which has predominantly been white, have something to say, can be the lighting directors, the producers, the writers. Can we then put ourselves in a position to understand that as Americans, we are not on the lands that originally belong to us. All of that comes into play in being a good human. Mm-hmm. And it can be overwhelming. So overwhelming. Right. But put yourself in a position where you pause, and this is what it ultimately comes back to. Reflect, feel, take that deep breath. (sighs) Tell your story, walk into the room, sing your song, act your heart out. And when we get back into a position where, like you said, we get to safely hug each other, hug and embrace, and not just hug and embrace simply for the sake of hugging and embracing. But Mm -hmm. if anything, 2020 has reminded us that we as humans are social creatures and all of that got stripped away from us. So just be kind, hold the door open for someone, buy someone a cup of coffee randomly, like just little things. Yeah. And they turn into big things. They do. They do. Little acts of kindness Mm. can go a long way. Mm. It's free. Sprinkle that ish everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yes. It's free. Oh my gosh, please. (laughs) It's free. Yes. I think we forget that sometimes. Yeah. That kindness is free. Yeah. And you need to sprinkle it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, Caesar. Ooh, before Thank I you. let you go. Yes. Uh do I dare ask you one more? Yes, I am going to ask you one more question. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> backtrack on myself. So, I just, you know, want to know right now, what are you currently working on and, you know, providing for people in these very surreal times? Hmm. I would love to share with the world and all of our beautiful soaring eagle listeners that what I'm working on now is honestly myself. Okay. Yes. Please go and visit thejourneywithcaesar.com. Please sign up. Please create some passive income for me because I'm financially strapped and don't have a job. (laughs) (laughs) But more importantly, I, over the last couple of weeks, and I mentioned this to you, Ayana, in our Mm pre-show interview, um, finally came to a place where I'm comfortable enough to say I have to step away. So this interview right here, March 23rd, Tuesday, 2021, is my last official interview for at Mm -hmm. least the next 
three to four months and I'm stepping away because I realized I am so graciously gifted to be able to serve all of these wonderful communities. But the last year has taken quite a bit of uh, my mental health and Mm -hmm. it has put me in a particular place of fatigue and Mm -hmm. depletion and heartbreak and grief and sorrow. So I am going to step away so that I can come back and better serve the communities that I'm in. So what I'm working on right now is me and Mm -hmm. let me and my own life and my own personal story be a reminder to all, like whether it's four months you take away or you take four hours, step away for you. We need you. We love you. We see you. We hear you. We appreciate you. And part of being able to step away is courageously, bravely, mm-hmm. with truth and candid honor to say, I, I need some time. And whether, and I get it, like there are extenuating circumstances. I know moms and I know people who have families, but you still have to carve out that time. I should say, I lovingly invite you to carve out that time because there's no possible way you're going to be able to better serve anyone else if you Mm -hmm. yourself are just depleted and feel empty so i'm working on me right yes yeah you're working on you Mm -hmm. yes and that's so true we have to take care of ourselves first before we can take care of anybody else absolutely and so i know by actually by time this airs yes y'all we are recording in march by time this airs caesar will be on his sabbatical so i should thank you right now for being a guest and before i let you go Mm -hmm. there is something i need to say to you and that is i acknowledge you Mm -hmm. i celebrate you and i uplift you thank you there's a well of emotion it's coming up because how often do we get to hear that Mm -hmm. and like firmly believe it but it's that thank you and if anyone listening can take that same similar sentiment and just share it with someone because we don't know how it will affect and alter their journey and put them in a place where you might have saved their life maybe not as dramatic but maybe you put them in a place where their day just completely shifts for the better so thank you i lovingly receive You're so, so very welcome. And I lovingly give. Oh, I love this. Caesar, thank you for sharing your journey with us. Thank you. I don't even know if I can put into words how I am feeling after that conversation. Caesar, thank you for reminding us that everything starts with our breath. And that's the key that unlocks the power we already possess. Thank you for your wisdom, kindness, and truth. I hope everyone who listened to this episode can feel the beauty within themselves and know we are truly connected to one another. Thank you again, Caesar, and thank you for tuning in. I'll speak to you soon. Mm-hmm.